I'm Marlo Higgins, and I've spent nearly four decades as an entrepreneur building boundaries around time and energy. I am captivated by stories of creating that mythical balance between priorities and success without the guilt and fear of missing out. I'm a to-the-point business coach that helps start a company, rebrand another, and launch my own. Now I'm running a thriving online brand with the white space in my calendar to spend time with my family, nurture my soul, and create an impact in our world. Are you dreaming of striking a balance between a thriving business and a joyful life? It is possible, and it starts with you. Get out your field notes, and let's tap into Peaceful Achievers, inspiring you to create a vision, level up your skills, and show you how to set boundaries that support the life you desire. This is 22 Minutes to Having It All. All right, welcome back this week. And I am really excited to share that we have Robin Sachs, where she is a confidence coach, professional speaker and author. And from a personal perspective, she's a mom, a wife and a friend and obviously so many more things. But in a nutshell, Robin provides a simple and humorous bent, confidence and stress management to help you shift your self-talk, body language and that whole mental game so you can get out of your own way, stress less and accomplish more. Her philosophy is simple. You are overthinking everything. Boy, if that resonates, this episode is for you. So Robin and I get into a really sage conversation around the definition of confidence, how to take such a big, powerful word, break it down so it's so granular that you can actually start to witness and feel what confidence truly is. We have a really deep discussion about overthinking, you know, overthinking, overwhelm, all that goes into it. And actually, Robin gives a really powerful exercise during this episode on what you can do to kind of rewire that. If you're one of those people who you're listening to this and you give presentations, maybe you you get a little stage fright, she's going to show you how to reverse that in a very powerful way. So she also wrote a book called Get Off My Bus, How to Get Clarity, Get Into the Driver's Seat, and Get Moving in Your Life. So really powerful, powerful episode. Robin Sachs is a phenomenal human. So confidence, overthinking, peace, and ease, those are the things we talk about this week. Enjoy. All right. So Robin Sachs is with us today. And and I know that our audience is going to eat this conversation up because Robin is a guru in the confidence space and it's really powerful. We're going to have a conversation today about confidence, overthinking, peace and ease. Like, you know, how can you be confident but still be peaceful? And I know that that's a conversation that Robin's going to help us unearth today on the episode. So Robin, what a joy having you. Thank you. Oh my goodness, Marlo. Thank you for the, for the opportunity and for the invite to share with your guests. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Okay. So, you know, confidence is a big word, right? Why is it such a big word, Robin? What what have you found with your history of studying the topic, understanding how, um, what a catalyst it is? You know, one of the things that always pops to the forefront, I think, is this idea of what does confidence even mean? You know, we, we know it when we see it. We know it when we hear it. We, we know it when we feel it ourselves. But I'm a big fan of let's break that down. How do you know how to get it or authentically get it? How do you have genuine confidence? When do you not have confidence if we don't even know what that means? So at, at the very kind of core to me, foundation is simply being in control of you, no matter what the situation is no matter who's in the room, no matter what's going on or not going on. Uh, Confidence is not about, you know, being able to control other people. You can't do that. It's not about controlling the situation. You can't do that. 
The only thing I can be in control of is me. And when you're coming from that place of confidence, you're comfortable with yourself, you're comfortable with your message or with whatever it is you're, you're working with, you're comfortable with the people you're talking to, you know, that right there puts you in a place where you can just be calm. And what you're able to do when you can do that, when you learn how to do that, and you can learn it because it, it is a skill like anything else, it is a skill that can be learned. What the result is, is you don't get pulled into other people's chaos. You start to pull people into your calm. And that is a very powerful thing. And that's, to me, what confidence is all about. Yeah. Now, I want your take on this. So I've always described the definition of confidence as the purity of actions produced by a mind free of doubt. Mm. Okay. So the two words that stand out there in that in that description are actions and doubt. Okay. So take me there. I mean, cause like, again, I'm like you, we have to make it granular so we can actually like do something with it because it's such an intangible concept, I believe. So tell me what your take is as you hear me describe that definition. How do you so I, I, I love that, Marlo, because that those are so components of it. And this is what we're talking about is it's not just one thing. It's this multifaceted thing. And, and how do you actually know how to get it or use it or, again, genuinely put it out into the world if you can't figure out what it is, really? So uh, action. I uh, We are in 100% agreement. You cannot think your way to confidence. You cannot talk your way to confidence. You must act your way to confidence because the only way that you can feel confident in anything, I believe, is you've got to have some evidence that you can do it or that you have done it. And so action is the only way to get evidence for yourself. Once you've tried something, once you've taken action, whether it's worked or not, whether you've failed or or learned something or succeeded until you've got that evidence you're never going to believe it and yeah. you know believing is a huge piece of confidence as well believing in yourself is a huge piece to anything if you want to actually take a step towards success whatever that means for you you know when you've worked with people on confidence you know is some of this ingrained at a at a young age i mean are there younger like when we're younger and our parents really believed in us and they really fueled that concept within us does that carry over do you think into our like later in life experience or you know where does confidence truly begin from from your knowledge robin Oh, I love that question. And you know what? I I don't want to let doubt go by because I love that you brought that up. So if we can backtrack for just one sec before we jump into that, Marlo, I, I love that you brought that in the mix because a lot of times we look at confidence, which is completely valid as the people who get up and do stuff, right? Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a huge piece of confidence. And, you know, the thing that I I always love to make sure anybody I ever work with or or talk to understands, again, from my standpoint, uh, people who are confident, that doesn't mean that you don't have self-doubt sometimes, right? The the thing I think with confidence is, confident people have self-doubt regularly. The difference is they don't let that self-doubt take over. What they do is they sit with it. They go, okay, is this valid? Or am I making this up in my head, right? Is it valid or not? That's a key thing. What am I going to do about it? Because if I go back to the, I, I can control what I can control, I might have a lot of doubts about my ability 
or you know the 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 possibility of something actually working or being successful or or me being able to pitch this to this group I'm you know whatever the situation is I might have a lot of self doubt however that little mindset shift that a confidence person a confident person makes in those moments is I can feel the fear and do it anyway the key to me is is what I'm doubting valid or not in other words, is my negative self-talk, is that little bully in my brain, is somebody who said something to me 10 years ago, kind of leading into the next thing you're saying, still with me in my head today? And if I just repeated it for 10 years to myself, to the point that I believe it. And so I think the key with that, that self-doubt is, confident people, absolutely, you can have self-doubt. Validate or invalidate it. Because if you validate it, and it's a real thing, what can I do about it? That's my next question immediately. Because again, that takes us to that action piece. What can I do about it? Yeah, no. So I'm going to jump in here and we're going to get to that late, you know, that that early fuel of confidence. But, you know, accolades and accomplishments feel self-confidence, right? So what have we accomplished? What have we been recognized for? Do those things feel confidence in, in us when you know, it comes I- to actions? Yeah, you know, boy, another great question, Marlo, just because I love that we're kind of digging into these little pieces of the little pieces we don't often think of, you know, that that concept, I think of valid, or I almost hate to use the word invalid. I think that there are so many things that we get recognized for that we can really look at and go, was that truly an accomplishment? Or was that kind of a check the box sort of thing? And, you know, really, validating what have I done? Every one of us have done amazing things in our lives. We have said brilliant things. We have helped somebody. Sometimes we don't even know that we've helped somebody tremendously. We have no clue. We did something or said something to someone one day and we never realized that changed them. That helped them accomplish something that day. That's an accomplishment when you can help someone else accomplish something. So I I think it's fascinating that when we look at things that are that are really things that we often in our heads discount that we have truly accomplished, we've got to be careful of that too. Because if we're good at something and even somebody gives us a compliment, you know, you're really good at that. We often don't even give ourselves that credit, even though someone else validated that. We go, oh, no, it was nothing really. Oh, it's, I'm not really that good. Yeah, We do that to ourselves. And so, again, really understanding you have accomplished some great things and they don't have to be huge. They can be little tiny things that you have done that have moved you forward, that have moved someone else forward, that have helped somebody. It was the thing they needed to hear that day. Those are huge wins. And all of those things absolutely contribute to your confidence. The thing is, is when those things happen and they're real, please don't discount them and tell yourself, eh, that wasn't a big deal. So does it go on a list? I mean, like where you document them and then you review them because, you know, as you know, there's an ebb and flow to our confidence levels, right? We don't just like get to a 10 and we stay at a 10. There's this, you know, full tank, empty tank, this middle of the way. So reflecting back at those documentations of saying, hey, oh my God, I forgot. I had done that. I accomplished that. That kind of gives us a boost, right? Is it important that we do that or or how can we stay in that space of, of kind of a gentle hum of our confidence? Oh, definitely. It is something imperative to document it somewhere. And the reason that that is, is because as, as we all know, 
our brains love the negative of everything. And so we could accomplish, if, if we do 10 things today and nine of them are phenomenal and one of them was eh or, or just completely fell off the chart, what are we going to focus on constantly? That one little silly thing that we are convinced everybody else saw that day and that that dictated our, the rest of our careers or our lives, right? No. So by, by giving yourself, again, documenting that evidence that, yes, that happened. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Whoa, that wasn't good. I'm not going to do that again, or I'll do it differently next time. But to be able to go back and go, but also that happened and that happened and I did this and that I never thought would happen. That went through today, right? This person called and I had this conversation that was challenging. Whew, I didn't think I'd be able to do that. And actually, it ended up being pretty good. So maybe, you know, I, I have this, this little thing I'll call, um, I, I call the confidence playbook that I'll, I'll invite and encourage any of my coaching clients to keep. And it can be a notebook. It could be something on your phone or, you know, whatever media you want to use. It doesn't matter. But it's that evidence collector. Like any good researcher, like any good scientist, you have got to collect the evidence. And once you've got evidence, you, you can't ignore it. And so even when you've got stuff that is contrary to that or that starts to pull you away from that, to have something to be able to come back to and go, yes, but this is accurate. And this is where I'm going to keep my foundation. This is where I'm going to stay grounded. So definitely find a place that works for you. Doesn't matter how someone else does it. If I write it in a notebook, please don't think you have to. If you're on your computer all day, keep it where you can keep it easily and see it easily um, and refer back to it, especially during times when you feel like you're getting thrown into some of the chaos where it feels like I'm out of control. I'm feeling less than I have some imposter syndrome going on. Any of those types of things. Get back, open that confidence playbook and look at your evidence. You cannot dispute that ever. And it'll pull you out of that a bit quicker because we're never going to keep the good in our head. I hate to say it and go back to that. Our heads want to reference that negative because it's always worried about how are we showing up? What are people thinking of us? And there's that that strange little dialogue that's going on in our head all the time with that that voice that's that is always critical and can sometimes, if it gets too critical, really border on kind of being a bully within almost. And uh, well, does it feed into overthinking? I mean, like, so like, let's play that into this, right? Because as you're describing it, you know, and we witness it and document it, revel in it. But then where does overthinking come in when it comes to our confidence? So probably the worst, I would say, villain <laughs> that shows up with confidence are two words that we use often. And it's what if. What if leads into overthinking and will push your confidence down so quickly. And, and the way to get out of that or the way to just stop it in its tracks is it's fascinating how we, we ask the question, what if, but we don't ever answer it. And that leads us into overthinking because if you have one what if thought, you're going to have three or four or five or six. So for example, I, you know, there might be a project I'm working on and it's there's there's some high stakes involved here, either personally or, or professionally. And, you know, my my critical brain is going to take me right to what if this doesn't work? What if I don't get the promotion? What if oh, what if they don't like it? What if I'm just bad at this? What if I mess it up when I'm presenting it because I, I don't like public speaking and I'm no good at that? And we we very quickly 
pile up these questions of what if something bad happens, but we don't stop it. And the moment we have a thought like that and don't stop it, it's going to take off like a freight train. And that is one of the things, one of the biggest things that causes overthinking is we don't just get the answer. We don't just stop it. And so with, with what ifs, just answer the question. If you ever ask yourself a question, answer, what if it doesn't work? Okay, if it doesn't work, we're going to have to try something else. Okay, what if I don't get the job? Okay, then I go get the next job. <laughs> what if they don't like what I'm saying? Then I can solicit feedback and improve it and come back to them and say, here's what we're doing now. Thank you for your feedback. All of a sudden, it's not that the situation has gone away, but you suddenly have this clarity and again, a feeling of a little bit more control. Oh, yes, that can happen. But if that happens, I know there's a next step of something I can do. And again, that keeps me in kind of control of me. And so definitely that overthinking tends to happen when we don't answer the questions that we're, we're rolling through in our brains. And yeah, yeah I, I love that. If we get that it, a, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, just that extension, you know, that, that you're saying, okay, if we get into this point, you know, how can we get out of it? Because so many of us get stuck, right? And that's like, that's what you're describing is that sticking point, but we can leverage through it just by what you're saying there. Definitely. And, and you know, the analogy that, that I'll often use is with, with my, my beloved overthinkers is, you know, it, all overthinking is, is digging a hole. Give yourself a shovel and start digging and start digging and start digging. And here's the thing. I don't care if you are a foot deep, if you're six feet deep, if you're 30 feet deep, you have to stop digging before you can get out of it. That's the very first thing. So you can't say, I want to get out of it or I want to stop this but keep digging because that, that's impossible. It doesn't work. So the first thing we have to do is stop digging. The greatest way to do that in our own brains is to stop, sit back, take a breath and answer whatever question you're dealing with at the moment. And oftentimes we have enough information, enough evidence, enough of what we need to at least stop digging. Maybe not start to climb out yet. We might need more to do that, but we've got to stop digging first. So that's where you bring a good point. We talk about peace and ease. Well, peace is being present. And so just stopping, it allows us to just shut everything down and just stop and breathe, be present. And in that space, then I think we can do the thing, whatever that thing is, answer the question, um, make the thought, whatever it is, but that peace and ease in that space of being a confident individual, how does that play out? I, I love the word you just used, space. And let's, let's go with that. If we are constantly rolling, whether it's in our brain, in our lives, with our actions, with our thoughts, if we don't have space to make those choices, it's never going to work. And a lot of times, you know, we, we can, we all have moments where we're like, oh my goodness, I'm not stopping. I just have too much to do personally, professionally, whatever it is. I am running 24-7. I'm at the end of my rope. I'm burning the candle at both ends. We use all kinds of, you know, analogies and, and, and descriptions to talk about that. But there is never, ever a time when you are not able to take a moment of space because it truly is a moment. You don't need to go on a spa day. You don't need to leave and go on vacation for a week and a half. You need moments. And those moments consistently throughout your day can have a huge impact. And so when you start to think about 
creating space for yourself because you can't, to your point, you can't make those decisions or those choices if you don't create that space. But oftentimes the difference between reacting to life and responding to life is one breath. That's sometimes all it takes. And so if you get in the habit, this is a great thing to practice and and to work with. And, And remember, practice doesn't make perfect. Practice makes permanent. It makes it part of your daily life. And that's what we're going for here. Just it's part of how you show up. It's part of what you do as a habit. But, you know, getting in the habit of sitting back and just taking a breath several times a day. Again, you don't have to sit down and meditate for 20 minutes. That's phenomenal if you get a chance to do that for a few minutes. Those are things to work up to. Start with one breath. And and here's a secret about breathing. We often, if I said to everybody, go ahead and take a big deep breath, we would all do that. We would inhale, our lungs, our our lungs, our lungs would go up, but our shoulders and our chest would go up and puff out, and then we'd release it. Interestingly enough, that inhale, exhale chest breath that we all do all the time is actually a part of the fight or flight response. That's stress breathing when we're up here. The way to change that and flip it to make it relaxation breathing and keep you in a very calm space, which is what makes these breath spaces throughout the day even more amazing for your body and your brain, just flip your breathing cycle. So in other words, begin with the exhale instead of the inhale. So if we all went ahead and just exhaled our breath until there was nothing left, just normal breath and push it out until there's nothing left. And then just let your breath come back in naturally. That's how to get your breathing down lower as opposed to up here. And when we inhale, our heart rate speeds up a little. When we exhale, our heart rate slows down a little bit. And scientifically, research tells us if you take five of those exhale, inhale breaths in a row, it actually resets your physiology. It's like unplugging the computer when it's glitching and you're done with it. You turn it back on and it's fine. It's rebooting us as machines. How powerful. I mean, that's just, yeah, that's phenomenal. And what a great example. You know, it's something everybody can do. If you're listening to this episode, it's applicable, right? We all find ourselves. Nobody is immune to, um, you know, the stress, the overthinking, the lack of confidence, all of those things. Okay, but let's go back to that question um, that I had posed about, you know, when we're younger. And if we have a support system that really empowers us and builds us and passes the torch of confidence, how can we sustain that? You know, I mean, is it something that we find ourselves as greater confident individuals because we've had a support system that have built us up and, and said, here, I believe in you, so you should believe in yourself? Like, take us into that space for a minute, Robin. Certainly. So I, I, I think there's kind of two different, this is kind of a dichotomy here. There's two different answers, I think, to this question, because what I find is there are people that I've worked with over the years that come into the mix And they seem quite confident in that initial conversation with them is always interesting to me because it's like, there's something in there. Why would you be talking to me if there wasn't something in there? You were, we'll go back to that word, doubting or questioning. There's something missing there. And with those people, sometimes what I find is either one of two things is happening. One, they are quite confident and maybe they've risen now to a level wherever they are in their life, right? Personally or professionally, 
where that imposter syndrome starts to kick in. And they're now questioning, am I this confident a person? Am I the right person? Wow, I'm leading this team. Am I really the right person to do that? And they begin questioning and that doubt comes in. The the ironic thing that I've found a lot is that self-doubt is highest when you're kind of entry level something, popping into something new, or when you are at the top and all of a sudden you start questioning yourself. Because am I really the person I'm pretending to be is kind of how it comes across or they, they start to question. In between, there's there's not a ton of doubt that's debilitating. Here and here, this doubt can be debilitating sometimes. Just interesting to think about that you're, where you are in your life can actually shift how you see your confidence. And that's right. often what happens when People who have had those support systems in place, when people who seemingly have been quite confident and have accomplished things in their lives and all of a sudden they're questioning it, what what sometimes happens there is that doubt is what creates that, uh uh-oh, how do I sustain this or just am I even this person? And I think it goes back to when that's the case, it goes back to that idea of is your doubt valid or not? Always go back to that because if your doubt is valid, are you starting to miss things? Are you, are your team members bringing things up? Are you questioning your leadership ability, for example, for some reasons that truly are valid and you've got some evidence going, these are concerning me. I need to figure out what's going on here. That's not doubt. That's intelligence. That's fantastic. Let's figure that out for you. If you're doubting because I'm making things up or storytelling in my head, which is what we do sometimes. And that that I've let that critical self-talk voice take over. And now I've said those things to myself enough or, or someone else has said them to me enough that I'm beginning to believe them. So, you know, are they real or not is always that place to start. Because if it's real, fantastic. Now we know exactly what to walk in and work on. That's not a problem right. at all. That makes it pretty clear and, and easy, as strange as that sounds. When I, when I, if I can immediately say, well, I can say, give me the evidence of that or what makes you think that. And you're, you're talking about things and often as you're talking, you're going, but none of that's real. I'm just, it's in my head. I'm storytelling. That's a great thing too. Cause now we've got clarity. How do we start to shift that self-talk voice again in a way that's much more supportive? Or if it's other voices outside of you, other people, is that a situation where we need to make a change and get out of that situation? So I think that that is it valid or not is always that foundational question to really be able to quickly point you and aim you as to what can we now do about that? Because there's always something we can do about it. Okay, so one last question. We're coming into the close here. We have less than two minutes. Um, How does ego feed into confidence? I mean, because when you talk about confidence, there's this, you know, um, the ego. How does you know, and I think people are afraid of that. I don't want to be too confident because, you know, whatever. What do you find in that space, Robin? Uh, so in a nutshell, I'm going to add the word healthy to ego. A healthy ego is 100% needed. It is necessary. It is imperative because part of your ego is you truly believing in yourself and trusting yourself and being willing to step up and do things, even if someone else isn't, if that's what you feel needs to be done. The flip side of that, is, of course, is the unhealthy ego, which becomes, of course, not confidence, but just becomes arrogance. And, and there is that line because true confidence is not arrogant. And one of the challenges is if you have not been someone who's, who's walked through life with a lot of confidence, 
even a tiny bit of healthy confidence can feel like arrogance because for the first time you might be stepping into your own voice, right? Or, or bringing your ideas into the world or disagreeing with someone that you truly believe that's not what we need to do here. That can feel like I'm jumping in and being mean. I'm being arrogant. That's not appropriate. So learning that difference between arrogance and confidence is all about the ego. Is it healthy? What does a health ego look like? And if not, that's not genuine confidence. That's actually arrogance. And unfortunately, that's something that we can see a mile away as well. And so I guess a final word on that is, you know, a great way to learn about confidence is just to observe. When you see and feel people who are genuinely confident, what are they doing? What are they not doing? What does that look like? What does that feel like? And when there are people who are not really being genuinely confident, but are bordering on arrogant, what are they doing? And start to look at those differences. Um, And a lot of that clarity you can get and then use the, the tips that we talked about to just improve and build yours up. So you don't have to get pulled into everyone's chaos. You can begin to pull them into your calm. Boy, what a brilliant conversation. I mean, one that I know our audience is just like just feeding off of because, you know, confidence is such a catalyst conversation and, and to just to have different angles, different knowledge conversations and education around it, I think is everything. Robin, what's your favorite way for us to connect with you? Uh, so my website is robinjsax.com. There's a ton of stuff there. You can connect there. I am on LinkedIn daily. So LinkedIn is a great place if you want to reach out or connect if you're on there as well. Probably the easiest two places to get me. Excellent. Thank you so much for being our guest today. This was just a phenomenal conversation. I look forward to uh, keeping this uh, partnership alive. And uh, to our audience, thank you for listening. Thank you again for the invite. Did you enjoy this conversation as much as I did? If you're looking for more conversations like these, be sure to subscribe and please leave a review of the podcast. Subscribing and leaving a review helps it show up on your phone every time a new episode is released and leaving a review helps other people like you find us so they can get the help they need so they can live their best life. Also, subscribe to our weekly email on our website at marlohiggins.com. This is the place that we share insider tips with our audience and drop polarizing insights with you. Remember, the road to success is better with friends. So be sure to share this episode to help all of you reach your goals together. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, success is universally desired, personally defined, and always within reach.